No country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents Right Now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Welcome to Right Now, the featured podcast of the New Right Network. With me today is a guest that we've been trying to connect for quite some time now, a few days. We're just like, you know, playing phone tag, how that is. It's Brian Quinn. Brian is a social media manager and a political activist, and he's also an author. And I want you to tell you, tell you all about his book. Uh, Brian, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on your show. So, uh, Brian, if people are out there and they're like, you know, you know, social media manager, political activist, what's that mean? Is this guy going to, you know, what, what, what's he up to? What do you do and how'd you uh, end up doing it? So as far as becoming a, a social media manager, I've helped out and assisted uh, a few campaigns, political campaigns here in Illinois. Uh, I was a social, a social media manager for the Cash Jackson campaign for governor of Illinois. He, he was a libertarian candidate and uh, I pretty much developed his social media strategy uh, on Twitter and I would gain his account of following. Uh, I gained his account a, a pretty large following in a short amount of time um, and also worked on getting his message out and recruited people to assist me in getting his message out on Twitter. Uh, since that time, I've helped out uh, several people uh, officially working on a campaign. I mean, there was one uh, mayoral candidates campaign that I assisted. Uh, his name was Paul Vallis. And I, I really didn't spend a lot of time uh, helping out their campaign, just really towards the end of the campaign, maybe last month and a half, month and a week. Um, so I pretty much helped them generate more impressions per tweet, reach a lot more people. And um, in the races that I participated in as a social media manager or consultant, I was able to uh, get these people a lot more ex exposure via social media. Um, I kind of got my start with all of this. You mentioned the book I wrote to, uh, I self-published my book and I wanted to promote it myself and how I promoted it is that I started using Twitter. And when I started using Twitter, I really started researching how to gain a following and how to market my book uh, through tweeting. Um, and, you know, I really wasn't getting too far pushing the motivational book. Um, though, you know, I... Let's, let's, get into your, let's get into your book, though. So okay. the book is uh, Grab Life by the Balls, right? So Grab, Grabbing Life by the Balls. Grabbing yeah, Life by the I might have just spoke there. Grabbing Life by the Balls. So what's that book about? If somebody like was saying, you know, that's a great title, you know, they're laughing about it, but there's got to be some meat and potatoes to it. So what's it about? So it, there is some meat and potatoes to it. The point of my book is I wanted to write a very short book that contained the most important things uh, about how to be successful in your daily life and how to 
uh, plan long term. And uh, it's essentially like the cliff notes to being successful. Uh, see what I, I was pretty immersed in the whole self-help and uh, motivational genre. And so it's kind of like a Tony Robbins type book or something. It would be like that. I mean, and part of the reason I, I moved on from that is I don't see myself, you know, standing up and speaking and being like Tony Robbins. But you know, I, as far as writing a book, I I was able to boil down, uh, you know, the main points that people like Tony Robbins speak to. Um, but yeah, I always felt like these guys like Tony Robbins go on and on and on for, you know, hours on end. And, and you only get a few nuggets of uh, important information in those, you know, long speeches they give. So what I wanted to do was take those important nuggets and throw it in one small book and uh, give it to the people who might not want to sit through a 300 page book to learn how to be successful in one aspect of their life. This is pretty much, I, I call it the blueprint for success. If you read it, you know, on a weekly basis or so, it's only like 10 pages uh it, it, it would improve your life a lot your ordinary people are getting involved in twitter and they're you know speaking on behalf of whatever candidates they want um but as far as I, i'd say in illinois majority of the people in the republic the republican party don't think that twitter is valuable they don't think that you know it's going to help them in a campaign and then you have a lot of people who are in office or running for office who treat, who use, I think, Twitter the wrong way. They might want to talk about, yeah, I'm at this event, this parade, uh, and it's really bland and boring. And then you have other politicians who will speak their mind and talk about the, the topic of the day and really let you know what they're thinking. And the people who are doing that uh, are, are real successful on Twitter and are reaching a lot of people. But I mean, if you can reach, say, 100,000 or even 5,000 people with one tweet, uh, you're getting your message out to people. I mean, granted, if you're, uh, let's say, a senator and you're hitting 100,000 people, not all of those people are going to be from your state, but you're still hitting a certain percentage. And, and when you keep people engaged on a daily basis, you're, you're creating your, your base or you're maintaining your base. And uh, Twitter is really a good thing to keep people connected to politicians uh, because, you know, you don't always see uh, your local pit, a politician on the news every day. So I think it's, it's social media is vital to campaigning and to keeping people engaged uh, in what's going on in our local government. So. We really need to get to it now as far as what can people do. Something ordinary people can do, you know, say not everyone's going to work on a campaign. Not everyone's going to go door to door for someone or phone bank for people. Uh, if you're on Twitter, a real easy thing to do is start creating a following. There are ways to create a following that are pre pretty easy. One of the easiest ways I found is simply by following people. If you follow people, people will follow you back. Uh, and you want to follow the right people. Who do you follow? You follow people who have active accounts. And you don't necessarily have to go after people who are the same as you. Say, you know, you're you're in the Make America Great Again crowd. We want to hit people who aren't 
thinking like us. So it's important to also follow people who are kind of in the middle and independent or might not even really be who, who might seem apolitical. Um, so we have to focus on that and then a, a step further from that after creating a following, you can start creating groups. Um, if you go to your messages in Twitter. When you're in your messages, there is. A little icon that's to send a message. It's a circle and it has a uh, like a letter symbol in there. Click on that and then you can add multiple people to one message and that creates a group in Twitter. And then after that, you can add more people into that one, one message that is a group. And what you do is you get people into that group and you each retweet each other's tweets. What this does is it, it's kind of like combining all of your followings together so that you generate many more impressions per tweet. So um, that's something anyone can do. And if we if many more people start creating groups, this will have a tremendous impact on how effective we can be on social media and how we're going to get above all of the censorship and shadow banning because Twitter has gotten even worse uh, just in the last couple months. They've changed rules and they're cracking down on more accounts. Even Mitch McConnell, uh, his account was suspended recently uh, due to a video he posted where people were protesting out in front of his house and someone was, they were making threatening, uh, they were saying something threatening and because of what they said that was threatening they took his uh they 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 censored his account they suspended his account because of what someone was threatening him you know so we really have to get get past them somehow and this is the way we beat the censorship and this is the way we can promote candidates and we also have to focus not just on promoting donald trump because we have to get people to support him uh you know after he, he gets elected we need people in congress i mean there if you remember everyone talked a good game about repealing and replacing obamacare but when it came time no one did anything so we need to make sure that we can get people take back the house and actually start passing legislation because everything donald trump is doing is going to get wiped away uh, as soon as he leaves office if he can't get anything passed in Congress. No, that's 100 percent true. Um, I couldn't agree more on everything you said. You know, a lot of people out there, there's a several retweet groups. Uh, I think here at New Right Network, I think we're in like upwards of 20 groups on Twitter currently. Um, but I don't know. I think going into it, uh, I don't know. 2020 is going to be very interesting. Moving along, what do you think about what's happening with these shootings? Are we going to have red law? Uh, what do they what do they call them? Red laws, red flag laws. I think. Red, what's going red on with flag, that? red flag laws. Uh, you know, one thing I have to be critical of Donald Trump of is that he, when when these happens, he he becomes more willing to kind of I wouldn't say cave in. He, he just he he always wants to make a deal, and, and uh, you know, there's some things we shouldn't make a deal on. Red flag laws. I don't think. First off, I don't think people who are mentally ill should have guns, but um, a red flag law that to me, it's what if my neighbor doesn't like me and says, you know, this guy's nuts and he has my guns taken away. I just see a lot of abuse that can come from that. 
and we really need to protect uh, our our Second Amendment. And and as far as the assault gun ban, uh, what people need to understand, and and I saw this on Fox News where it was uh, Dana Perino and a guy from the Washington Post were talking about banning assault assault rifles and the whole time they were talking about hunting and using certain guns for hunting people need to realize that the second amendment has nothing to do with hunting we don't have the second amendment so that we can uh you know go out and hunt we have it strictly for the purpose of defending our freedom uh from enemies foreign or domestic and you can't do that with a handgun you know if you had to take on say the Chinese army, if they invaded, we can't do that with small arms. So people need to realize, plus we already had an assault gun ban and studies showed after that, that it did had no effect on crime. Um, now here, if we're talking about mass shootings here in Chicago, this year alone, we've had 23, but you don't hear about that. Um, last year we had 25. The mayor of Chicago uh, got in a tiff with Ivanka Trump because, well, first off, what Ivanka Trump tweeted was incorrect. She had said that, uh, I think it was, she said seven people and 53, or seven people were killed in Chicago over the weekend and 53 people were shot. Um, but she made it sound as if they were shot all at one place in a playground. That was incorrect. Seven people were shot in a playground. That's a mass shooting. They didn't get any uh, any national attention other than because Ivanka Trump said something about it. And um, if we're going to talk about mass shootings, we need I've, to talk. I've lived in Chicago. I know on the south side there's areas where. They won't even have funerals. Uh, like they're really crazy about police presence at funerals because uh, they'll have rival gangs come up and shoot up their whole family. See, I, I live uh, on the south side, and I'm not in a bad area. We have uh, some cemeteries by us, and there's one cemetery in particular where a lot of uh, you know gangbangers are are buried, and they have to have a police camera out uh, outside of the the cemetery. Because uh, a lot of times they'll shoot up in the air, do like a twenty gun salute, twenty one gun salute. Um, so that there are so many mass shootings in Chicago, and because it's not you know twenty two people killed at one time, no one's talking about it. Uh, and and not every time it's a lot of people dying, but it, it's happening on a consistent basis. Uh, and and not just in Chicago, it's spread out in Illinois as well. There are other suburbs that are in bad shape, just like the south side of Chicago. Um, and it's not getting attention. And, and, and Chicago is just one city. I mean, there's definitely other cities where this is going on as well. So if we're going to talk about mass shootings, we can't have it be uh, just a, a discussion of a certain type of person doing a mass shooting that hits uh, a lot of people because they, they right a politically advantageous group at the moment. That's not what it's about. It, I thought all lives matter. I thought, you know, if that's so true, then wouldn't these uh, murders happening in Chicago? How many people were shot last week in Chicago? Over 50, 55, 55 people were shot. 
seven more kills. Yeah, unbelievable. And now you tell me, I mean, that's that's uh, that's a war zone. And here, Rob Emanuel, I mean, nothing. I mean, if if so, like I said, where I live on the south side is nice. It doesn't take me very long to start driving through some real like ugly areas. Uh, and, and what I mean by ugly is when I drive through uh, certain parts of the south side, you'll see barbed wire on top of buildings. It looks like a war zone. You'll see litter just everywhere, everywhere, trash everywhere in the street, abandoned buildings, uh, vacant land. It's it's pretty much being depopulated. Uh, and it's just it gets no attention. It gets not I mean, I, it's hard. Well, like you tell your best, I think a lot of people have fled those areas. They don't want anything to do with it because it's just so overwhelming. We've and... lost a lot. A lot of people have left. They've gone to the south suburbs. Uh, they used to have pretty much, uh, you know, a lot of the African-Americans lived in the projects uh, up until I was uh, young, you know, maybe late 90s. They started getting rid of all these high rises. Uh, wow. Then, Then they started you know, going south, south suburbs. So they would go move to certain south suburbs. And so when you think of the south side of Chicago, you also got to think of those south, south suburbs. A lot of them are in bad shape as well. But I mean, we don't see as many shootings in those uh, suburbs. No, you don't have the problem. Like, you know, the well, I mean, you know, you have groups like all those gangs. It's crazy. You know, the Chirac savages and things like that. It's just insane how violent yeah. those groups they're as violent as uh, MS-13. I mean, they cut people up, they shoot them, they burn them. It's it's insane. No regard for human life. Now, as far as like the uh, cutting up and the, see where I live, there's it's a lot of police. So some stories get passed around in my neighborhood. Uh, that as far as the crazy cutting up type stories that I've heard, usually come from. Uh, from the cartel gangs or, you know, the cartel that's out in certain uh, Hispanic neighborhoods. But, uh, you know, pretty much in, in the, for the African-American gangs, they're just shooting each other. But, um, yeah, it's, it's certain parts look, look like hell, you know? Certain parts look What's like hell. What's the future of People Chicago, are... do you think? All this crime. What is the future of Chicago? Is there one? <laughs> the future of Chicago uh, is a... It's I hate to think about it. Um, well, you know, we're in like a, a fiscal crisis in Chicago and have been for quite some time. Uh, we have a lot of pension liabilities um, that are it, it, our pension system is unsustainable. Um, we're 30 over 30 billion dollars in debt. Um, and it, it doesn't seem like our new mayor is going to do anything to change that. We have all of these aldermen who are getting raided and indicted by the feds. Uh, so, so that's a positive. Um, but for the fiscal state of Chicago, I, you know, I could see us going bankrupt, but there are some things, uh, that have to happen. Like, uh, it has to be okayed by the people of the state. Um, so, so if this was another state, it's possible that, you know, they could have declared banks, bankruptcy already. Um, but as far as crime and, and things go, I think crime 
is going to stay about how it is uh, and for the foreseeable future. The only thing that really affects crime in Chicago uh, is the weather. Anyone in Chicago can tell you that. When they start talking about record low shootings or something, or that, oh, they're doing that a great record job. low temperatures. Yeah, exactly. You know, as soon as Lori Lightfoot was brought into or got into office, they were starting to talk about how it was like the shootings were at a four year low or something like that. But we had a really uh, abnormal beginning of our summer where it was very cool. And as soon as the heat came, man, those those that those murder rates went up. Those shootings, they went up big time. And now she's feeling the heat. And now, uh, you know, but the, the, the future of Chicago, I don't know. I think people are fed up. People are leaving. A lot of people are leaving. We're just going to keep experience uh, depopulation. Uh, our taxes are insane. I mean, if one tax alone, let's say cigarettes. Cigarettes, we have the, the highest cigarette tax uh, when, when it's federal, state, and local tax on cigarettes. It's $8.17 for one pack of cigarettes. I mean, a lot of people don't have sympathy for cigarette smokers, but this is just one example of how far uh, the, you know, the state and the city are willing to go to just clear out your pocket to take your money. And the money has, to- has the worst credit ranking of any state in the country. That is true. Did you know that? Yeah. The worst. They, they have the worst, we're the worst on a lot. You know, we have uh, the highest taxes in Illinois. Illinois is the highest tax state in the country when you combine all the taxes. Uh, and we're the most corrupt, uh, by far the most corrupt. I mean, two out of our last five. Not even a question. When you can outdo New York and California, that is big league talking on corruption. Yeah. Yeah, and it, the last two out of five governors went to prison, and the, our current governor, who just got elected, is all right, already under investigation for cheating on his taxes. Uh, this is a guy who's pushing a progressive income tax uh, system he would like for people to vote for in 2020. So this guy's a billionaire. Uh, he has tons of money. He comes from a family of billionaires. All of them have all of this money. And he cheated on his taxes. He had a mansion uh, in the Gold Coast of Chicago, which is like the the richest neighborhood in Chicago. Um, what he did was he took the toilets out of his mansion so he could had had have his property assessed differently so that he could save three hundred and thirty thousand dollars over time on his property taxes. Um, and he's clearly guilty of it because after the fact, while he was running uh, and, and this, he was exposed for this, he paid uh, you know, the, the government, he gave them the money he owed them and, and, and was trying to go, hey, no foul, no crime, or you know, was trying to get out of it. But now him, his brother and his wife, or his brother-in-law and his wife are being investigated by the feds. That's what I'm saying, in Illinois, whole families go to prison. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's it's insane because I mean, not only we have that, we had we just had a guy last week. Uh, he's he's a state senator. His name 
is Tom Cullerton, and he just got indicted. Turns out this guy was getting money for whatever reason. Someone uh, from the Teamsters Union had put him, had given him a, a like a bogus title, like he was working for their union, and he was just getting paid money. He collected over, I think, $250,000, and they, you know, this just came to light, and I don't know what's he collecting all this money for, but they said he was a political organizer or he was an organizer. Because beach houses don't pay for themselves. That's the whole thing. Down in Florida, exactly. they don't, they don't, down in Naples, they don't pay for themselves. Hey, you know what? We're going to leave it there today, but um, I'm going to invite you back maybe even as early as next week because I want to start doing more coverage about the state of the city of Chicago because it is absolutely an embarrassment and a blight on this country how such a yeah. great city is brought to its knees by horrid liberalism. If people are looking for you, though, out on the interwebs, out there in cyberspace, where would they look at? Uh, you could follow me at Brian Quinn 36 uh, on Twitter. At Brian Quinn 36 is my Twitter handle. Um, you can check I out everybody to follow. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, you could check out my book uh, called Grabbing Life by the Balls. That's on Amazon at $2.99. Um, but yeah, you can follow me mainly. What I do is go on Twitter. So at Brian Quinn 36. And like I said, um, we'll definitely we'll retweet this out and we're going to get as many people as we can to follow you. And we're going to check back in with you. I really enjoyed this. Um, I don't want to get two people. I thought about this go about longer, but I don't want to get people too much to digest because we've said some pretty explosive stuff because we have a national audience. And a lot of times people don't understand just what's going on in the city of Chicago is much different than probably even what you have going on in your local Rand Democrat shithole. Chicago is taking it to a whole other level. Yeah. And uh, so... As always, though, you can find us at www.newrightnetwork.com and on all social media. That is Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as Parlor and many, many other places, at New Right Network. One word, at New Right Network. Thank you, everybody, very much, and we'll see you next time. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing, online at newrightnetwork.com.